Okay, what's going on, guys? Welcome to a brand new episode of Energized Ross. There is no guest, man. What's the story? There is no guest, man. Uh, just me and you this time out. Uh, I think every now and then uh, it's good for me and you just to have a chat and not have to worry about scheduling someone in or not have to worry about someone letting you down at the last minute. And um, that's sort of the life of a podcaster when you're getting guests on your shows. Well. Um, look, we always appreciate people's time when they give us to us. So uh, thank you for that when they are here. But uh, just us today, um, if you have been watching the show recently and you haven't subscribed on YouTube, it actually means the world to us. So please do. And if you're on Spotify or you're on Apple Podcasts or wherever you're listening, and it's a subscribe button there, make sure you hit it because that makes our lives so much better when you do. I didn't interrupt. <laughs> Good man, Basmo. We didn't interrupt. You didn't have something sarcastic to say like you normally do. But uh, typical, typical. yeah, how are you getting on, Basmo? How's life? Yeah, this is uh, this is actually a funny one. When was the last time we did a show by ourselves? Oh, I'd say it's probably about two or three months ago. Was I at this stage? Yeah, I think I think like, we're just getting used to getting guests on the whole time. But like things, it's about to come into the summer now, and we're sort of like maybe we should tell the people what we sort of have lined up. And before we get obviously into UC 262, uh, we're going to be discussing all the Bellator crack as well. And obviously the Canelo win and the Jake Paul Mayweather, Logan Paul crack. So we will be going into all this stuff. So if you are new to the show, as Ross said, make sure to like and subscribe. Yeah. Ross is like, um, things are, we're still here in Dublin in lockdown. It's uh, I'm actually getting fed up to it, to be honest. Like, um, like well, let, seeing... you're allowed to get your hair cut today. Basil. That's true. Actually, things were opened up today. Yeah, so I think we're at the first phase of it. So I think, um, you know, I'm sure people will have less eyes on television, less ears on podcasts and stuff that's going forward. Because I think as of today, restrictions are starting to lift in, in Dublin. So hopefully, well, in Ireland, sorry, I should say. So hopefully things can get back to some form of normality soon enough. And like, I'm sure like most of you who are listening to this right now, me and Barry are just waiting for like some form of live sports to get back to that you can actually attend. I don't care. Like I'll go see the Tiddlywinks competition uh, in person now at this stage just to get out in there and see something. So I uh, expect to see people in Ireland with fresh fades again. Uh, <laughs> I think next next will be uh, probably James. I think yeah. over the next couple of days, your Instagram news feed will be, you know, uh, cover with people from Fresh Fades and then the coming weeks yeah everyone will be taking pictures of the gym saying good to be home can't wait uh, back to my happy place you'll see all the the cringy stuff but uh, look it, it's great to be back it's, it's, a, it's a very strange thing lockdown and I find it's very strange that like the government dangle like this carrot in front of you being like if you're really good now we'll let you go to your mate's gaff you know <laughs> but only the front garden yeah, only the front garden. It's a, it, it's such a strange thing. Like, um, Penny's opened up like a, a booking system. I don't know if you saw that. It was all it's over a, like social media, and like, people were in a queue to get into a queue to go to Penny's. And I was like, fucking hell! There's, like, yeah. there's not one shop in the world where I'd be like, right, like on t- on Ticketmaster. You know, when you're in the queue waiting to go to a concert, people were like that for Pennies. Yeah, I suppose these people were selling their their, their, their slots. Their, their slots for like a hundred quid. Jesus, if I know that, maybe I would have joined the queue. Yeah, <laughs> your tickets. Uh, the the thing is, like, like obviously before we went into COVID and stuff, we were doing our shows together in the same room all the time. Now, obviously, like, and we were like, how are we going to get Conor McGregor into your kitchen? Obviously, things have changed. You've you're obviously in a new house now. I'm in a new house now, and um, I just can't wait for events to start kicking, like letting fans in. Obviously, the boxing was on over the weekend. There were seventy thousand people there, and like. Obviously, I wasn't feeling too well over the weekend, so I was just looking at it being like, Jesus, like 70,000 people. I can't even like leave my gaff. I know, yeah. It's it's absolutely crazy to see what yeah. people are doing in different uh, spots. Also, shout out to Little, who are like selling antigen tests. So like you can actually go get them and take one and then we'll like tell you have COVID in like 10 minutes. So like that's pretty cool. Well, it's just going to be interesting to see what the result of all this stuff is going to be. Like, like I already get anxiety as well. So like leaving the house, now is it still weird like as time goes on it's getting worse and worse so like the sooner things open up the sooner my body can get used to like actually going out and socializing even though we seem to be socializing online but it's not the same when you're around people you know no no it's not because like yeah when you're online and you're texting or whatever or you're on video call like for all you know i'm I'm in my jock sitting here you know what i mean Uh, i just have a t-shirt on so it's definitely there's definitely a lot of home comfort that uh people have got themselves into 
And I'd be interested to see, you know, in certain businesses aspects, like as productivity increased or has it like decreased? Because, you know, I'm sure there's loads of people who are like logging into the computer and like, you know, playing a game of FIFA on the slide. You know what I mean? And then yeah. I'm, sure there's, I'm sure there's other people who are like, this is great. Don't have to travel to, don't have to travel from work. And like they smash the workout probably early how they can like get out for a walk or whatever. So yeah. it, it'd be very interesting to see what way that works. I know. Let's go over what we've been doing, man, because like I'm sure people are like, mm. what's going on? And uh, obviously, over the last few weeks, we've been doing face-offs, which is something that we've really enjoyed, and we've done four of them. And not not one of the eight um, athletes have actually fought each other, so that's crazy. But we do have more lined up, Ross. Like, what, like with the face-offs in the future, what do we sort of have lined up? Or and like, if anyone's listening now about the Robin, don't even think of Robin. Yeah, I think um, Clan Wars is set to come back, although like yeah. very bizarre that they haven't posted anything on their Instagram about like, you know, fight three confirmed and stuff like that, which is uh, strange considering they're on a pay-per-view model. Um, they are set to come back at some stage, I think. Is it the end of this month, Baz? Yeah, I'm just getting the date now. Hold on. Oh, you'll get the end of that. And then, uh, look, Cage Warriors have announced shows in June. We'd love to get some face-offs for that. Um, I'm sure we will. Uh, one key to getting face-offs on an international scale is that you need both guys to be able to speak English because uh, it's actually <laughs> unfair to the non-English speaker because uh, one fella could be absolutely roasting him and he, he actually wouldn't <laughs> even know. And we want to give them a platform to actually say their piece. We're not here to have one fella get made a show of by the other fella. Now, that might happen, but like that's on them to like verbally defend themselves. It's more to promote them and also like it's, it's helping us as well, but we're giving them the platform and they, they need to get their names out there, especially if they want to be a, like a, a world champion. They're going to have to do media at some stage. That Clan Wars event, Clan Wars 39 and 40 is now rescheduled to Saturday the 29th of May and Sunday the 30th of May. So like, I don't think like that might, that's going to be up in Northern Ireland, let's say. I don't think we're going to be able to get up to that, Ross. But like we will be doing Clan Wars uh, face-offs for that. There's also going to be like another Muay Thai competition that's co- come to Dublin as well. I think it could be possibly Cork, but we do plan on inviting some of them fighters on as well. So trying to do the first fight also like from MMA uh, to Muay Thai. And like we'd like to get into boxing as well, is or, or even like uh, wrestling or jiu-jitsu competitions and stuff. So like there is, we, we're broadening our horizons without even like re- overly going into like thinking about it i think yeah absolutely nothing is the off flow. the table yeah nothing we're just going the with the flow yeah I even, absolutely. I even saw i even saw uh sir steve o timothy's fighting patty barnes they're both fighting in wheelchairs so like we could even do that for um for them awareness as well it's just it's more about having the crack and like we love creating content so why not do it um so that covers the face offs ross um as for events coming back in ireland or us going to events um, look, I, I suppose uh, one thing when we haven't bought the ticks for yet, but I'll buy them tomorrow. Uh, Michael Bisbing is coming to Dublin, I think, in is it October, November. October. And uh, I think we'll probably go and see that. But one thing I want to touch on is um, us getting on the UFC countdowns. Um, that was pretty special for us. <laughs> um, we never had any subtle brags about it at any stage. We sort of just went, yeah, we we doing that. And then we got on with it. Uh, we were obviously on for Izzy versus Jan and then um, Kamara Usman versus Jorge Masvidal. So, like, they were yeah. two really big cards. I think that was, what, UFC 259 and UFC 261? Yeah. So, like, we'll probably get on a UFC 263. We, we seem to be on every second one. Uh, well, miss 264. I hope we don't miss UFC 264 because obviously that's a McGregor card and that that's absolute yeah. money. But um, yeah, look, absolute shout out to the UFC um, production team. They do a serious job doing that. Uh, I watched the UFC 262 uh, countdown there today and it was absolutely incredible. Yeah. One of the like, best shots is when, I don't know if you saw the chariot horses like racing at, at the very end of the Chandler Oliveira part. And that was like, this is like very, very cool. Like it's it's so well done. It is. And it really makes you more invested in the fight than you were before. Regardless of how pumped you were already, you watch the countdown and you're like, it's on. The thing is, the, the countdowns we were on, I didn't really enjoy. Like I, I wasn't able to like take them in as a fan. I was like, oh, we're on a deadly move on. Whereas we yeah. weren't on this one, so I like actually enjoyed watching it. It's weird, you know? Yeah, but I think you're you're concentrating on one part, and the whole time you're watching the countdown that we're on, you're like where do we where do we say in our line? Yeah, and you're like there it is, and then you're like, oh, okay, done. You know what I mean? Like you're like, yeah. grand, it worked out well because we we don't get told 
what part the edit our audio is going to be in until we see it. So we, a bit like the Lions tour, we see it live with the fans. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, if people haven't noticed or if they don't know, like, how hungry you are to be successful with this, like, like we know that we want to be the number one in Ireland and then see what they take from there. A lot of people have said we are number one. Like, whether they say we're number one or number 10, it doesn't bother me. I just want to keep putting out the best, the best, the best content. Second we put something out, we're already on to the next thing. We don't, like, bask in it. I think I don't know if that's a positive or a negative, but like we haven't gotten to where we want to go yet. You know I mean, we've been featured on two countdowns and I'm sort of like, I want more. Yeah, well, I think we move with the times. We don't, you know, rest on our laurels. We don't go, geez, that interview got loads of views. So like, we won't do another one ever again. You <laughs> yeah. know what I mean, that, that doesn't really make sense for us. Yeah. So we, we're always trying to provide new content. Um, we're always trying to change things up, change things up on the Instagram as well which I think a lot of our um, sort of audience comes from there. And um, Look, I love doing this. Um, yeah. We both love, we would both love to do this eventually at some stage full time. Like that would be like the absolute dream. So again, I'm going to ask you if you are listening to this and you haven't subscribed, please do. And if you already subscribed, thank you very much. Really, really appreciate that. Yeah. There's just more to come, but I would de- when things open, we're going like, you know, mm. and uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. And then like, UFC 264 is like on the horizon. UFC 263 has obviously got two title fights and an idea as Leon Edwards fight on it. I mean, like the cars are coming thick and fast. You know, the boxing's getting a lot more interesting. You know, we're all waiting for Joshua Fury to be announced. Um, imagine doing that face off, Basmo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, even at the weekend, you know, Canelo versus Billy Joe Saunders is on. And, you know, I think we're doing we're covering more boxing now than we were beforehand. But again, like we're probably closer to the casual boxing fans than the elite boxing fans. We watch sort of the main guys who we're interested yeah. in who like are pushed in front of our faces. So and I, I don't I don't have a problem saying that. And I think as long as you're open and honest saying that, like, you know, I'm not the, I'm not watching, you know, the regional boxing on Friday night. Oh. And that's okay. Well, the thing is, we, we just loved combat sports and other sports as well. And we just kept going and kept getting guests on. And then the show mm-hmm. kept growing and the people sort of asked for more and we enjoy it. Like, if we didn't enjoy this, we wouldn't be doing this, you know. But um, no, I just can't wait to see what, like, once things start opening up again, once we start going to events, the bigger and better opportunity is going to come. Like, I mean, we've already been on the UC countdown twice, like, when things have been locked down. So when things open up, like, I really don't, I can't even picture what's going to happen, but like... Mm. I, I I love the way we're really really like invested now in the, in the Irish domestic scene as well. How we're really trying to push and put on fights. I mean, put on um, the face offs and just create entertainment for the Irish scene because I felt like it was lacking. And then we just stood up to the plate and just kept putting out the content. And I can't wait to go to the events and support the Irish scene because, like, obviously Connor's in the twilight of his career. Obviously, Ian Gary's making his way into the UFC. Dean Barry's on the roster. But we just want more and more and more. And the more hype there is, the more opportunities there's going to be. And the more events we get to go to, really, like, you know, I just want my I want my weekends booked for the next couple of years, going to events, doing interviews, all this sort of stuff. I want this to be my full-time job. And I think the way we're going, I think we're getting close to it. Either that or we'll be standing in the social welfare queue together, you know? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and like, I, I, as you said, Basmo, you know what I mean? Uh, UFC has uh, two Irish time fighters. Cage Warriors has a number of Irish time fighters. Bellator has a number of Irish time fighters. Brave has a number of Irish time fighters. We're just waiting for the PFL to sign someone from Ireland yeah. to have like be in all the leagues and then the one championship. But like, look, as long as there's Irish fighters floating around, we'll still be here and we'll still be talking about it. And it doesn't look like they're going anywhere anytime soon. So they're here for the long haul. And we have some great talents coming out of this country. And like you say, Basmo, we like to start at the grassroots. We had obviously Limo Griffin on, we had Paddy Hulan on, we had Phil Peter on, uh, we've had Chris Fields on. And like we're trying to promote guys from all these gyms, also own Roddy on as well. So like we're trying to promote people from all these gyms and trying to, you know, give them their opportunity to get their name out there as well. And I just think that's so important for them in, in the young career, especially if they want to go into the pro game, they want to do a uh, world champion. You know what I mean? We're a very soft interview, you know what I mean? Like, we're not going to ask them, you know, rock hard questions that, you know, are going to have to, you know, dig deep to find an answer to, you know what I mean? Like, we're not yeah. there going, what's your why? And, you know what I mean? It's not a it's not a TED, TED Talks here, you know what I mean? It's relatively lighthearted, 
most of the time. It can be so, when you're speaking though sometimes, but thanks, but uh, <laughs> I, I bring the seriousness to it. But uh, yeah, so like it's great to give that platform out to people, and we hope hopefully continue to do it. And then yeah, like Basmo said, really looking forward to getting a few more face-offs, just because I think they're like the ultimate crack that yeah. we can do. Yeah. And uh, like I don't think I'll ever forget that um, Chad and Josh one. It was just uh, a pure fire. Yeah, legendary. it was legendary. People loved it. So that's yeah. that's what we plan on doing. Um, yeah. And we do always when, get in contact with the people on five week to get them on or just before five week to try and set up um, interviews. Like obviously sometimes they're busy and they can't do it, but like we are always trying and we have a couple, we have a couple more coming down this week, but uh, we're just waiting to see what the story is. And we always record on Monday and no one was available on Monday. So we were just coming out the show full stop, you know? Yeah, exactly. That's it. And at the end of the day, you know, I mean, we don't want anyone ever waking up on their Tuesday morning going, where's the Spotify lads? Where's the Spotify? Where's the show that I don't listen to? (laughs) (laughs) uh, Yeah, but like, I mean, it's impossible to take a guess what we're going to be doing in a month's time or two months time because things change so mad. Like in in a couple of months time, we'll all be back. Well, I hope to be vaccine. So it's impossible to make any predictions if if we're not if whether or not we could be at UC two. 64 265 266 like it, like we really don't know but hopefully we get to clan wars first and then we build up from there because there's some great events coming up and we will be keeping you updated on it ross anything else to say before we go into the world of ufc first no man you 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 lead us way there all right well like you you have a couple of things to say first about the ufc about diego sanchez getting released um like before we get into that what way do you want to do, do you want to talk about sort of like current news then the week, just look over the weekend's action, and then this weekend's UC 262. Well, I, I, I wouldn't mind starting with Diego Santos just because it yeah, that's, was. That's what, new, I was that, yeah. yeah, that's what I was going to ask. You. So, news first. Well, yeah. Okay. Yeah, off with that, yeah. Well, more so, it was news the weekend he was supposed to fight on this weekend's card against uh, Cowboy Cerrone. Um, I don't know if people saw, but we shared last week at some stage, um, Diego Santos was having his fighter meeting with John Anik, Megan O'Levy, Paul Felder, and his coach, Josh Fabi, was there. And I also think Stefan Bonner was in the room as well. And they sort of did their fighter meeting. I think Bonner was a coordinator. He was, yeah, I think so. Um, I I just wasn't like, I don't think it was ever confirmed that like it was definitely him, but he was in Diego's, uh, supposed to be in Diego's, or he was in Diego's corner, sorry, for that fight. Um, Well, explain who Diego Sanchez is first for the people who don't know. Diego Sanchez is from the Ultimate Fighter season one. Um, Just to put that into context, I think we're on, the Ultimate Fighter season 26 or something now. Uh, he is one of the longest serving UFC uh, veterans of all time. He is an absolute veteran sport. Uh, he has competed in three different weight classes. and He's an absolute legend. He Also, for people who don't know, you know Daniel Bryan, who does, yes, yes, Diego Sanchez actually invented that. Uh, and Daniel <laughs> Bryan stole it off him. So, uh, just in case Al Foran's watching, uh, there you know. Except his was actually a yes cartwheel. Diego Sanchez did like 40 cartwheels in a row and did yes. Um, he is known as Nightmare. He was also known as the Dream at one stage. You know what I mean? So anyone who like changes their nickname a few times, you know they've been around for a while. Yeah. Um, Diego recently linked up with this coach, Josh Fabia. Uh, I don't think anyone knows who Josh Fabia really is, um, but he seems to be this sort of mindset coach, but also pawns himself off as a mixed martial arts coach. I, I, I don't know if he has any MMA background or any yeah. sort of martial arts No, I think he got background. his black belt off Steven Seagal. Oh, perfect. So, like, very good with the crane kick. He, In fairness, Steven Seagal, he taught Anderson Silva everything he knows. Um, so Relax. <laughs> Josh Fabia uh, <laughs> interrupted the end of this fighter meeting and sort of gave out about the commentary, saying the commentary was really uh, biased against Diego Sanchez last time out. Um, I believe De- uh, Daniel Cormier was actually on commentary, but uh, Fabia has been ruining Diego's life and is after brainwashing Diego uh, Sanchez. Fabia is on Diego's Instagram a lot. He's having these lengthy DM chats against uh, Ariel Hawani, against Daniel Cormier, like saying that they're so against um, Diego Sanchez. He also like had like almost... It was a full-on confrontation against Paul Felder, Megan Levy, and John Anik. I think John Anik tried to pull Diego Sanchez aside separately and be like, "Here, look, no one here is trying to disrespect you. We all have the utmost respect for you." Paul Felder goes, gave his best Conor McGregor impression, like, "Who the fuck is this guy? And what are you, what are you even doing?" He made it very much about him. Uh, he 
made sure to record everything. And he, he actually said during the uh, recording, goes, this recording's going nowhere. And then yeah. two months later, uh, it ends up out online. Mega Levy handled it like an absolute boss, being like, here, look, this is all about Diego. It's not about you. And you're making it about yourself, which he was. And then another video came out this week of Diego yeah. Sanchez hanging upside down like a pinata. And Josh Fabia, he starts off sort of slapping in the face. Then he sort of gives him like these like almost rabbit punches. Like they're not very hard punches, but I don't think anyone enjoys getting punched in the face one way or another. And then he starts head kicking them while he is hanging upside down. It was like he was hanging as if he was a piece of meat in a butcher shop. Yeah. And Diego Sanchez was just getting repeatedly hit by Josh Fabia. I have no idea what his methods are. People like Rashad Evans have reached out to Diego Sanchez like publicly online on Instagram saying, Diego, you need help. You need to get away from this guy. And Diego Sanchez came out, I think it was on Anthony Smith's podcast. I didn't even know Anthony Smith had a podcast, but he said that the UFC are out to try and kill him. Don't be don't be um, surprised if you think if I end up with a drug overdose or in a surprise car accident, the UFC are trying to kill me. So I've never seen such ludicrous statements in my entire life. And I am in grave fear for Diego's life, not at the hands of UFC, but at the hands of himself, not the hands of Josh Fabia. Baz, what did you make of it? I don't know. It's, it looked like a, a scene I saw the movie. Obviously, I don't like. You know, Even the, the lighting way, was a bit strange. Huh? Yeah, the lighting was. It was. It was. It was dark and all. I, man, like I mean, Diego's old enough and knows how to defend himself enough to to actually like that. He should be able to sort this shit out. But it looks like he's like trapped in a web. Um. What are you really meant to do? He's after being released now as well. So, like, what, what is he meant to do? I, I have no idea. Um, just to say, the UFC actually paid Diego his show and win money uh, and told him not to fight. Um, I don't think there was an official UFC statement as to why they cut him and why he wasn't allowed to fight, but I assume it would have something to do with uh, them releasing the footage of the fighter meetings and trying to make the UFC look bad, even though they actually did nothing wrong. Um, I think someone needs to like kidnap Diego Sanchez and like keep him away from Josh Fabia and like see how he gets on. But he's um in a really, really bad place. Uh, I really hope the best for him, but I don't think this is going to end well. I don't think Diego was like crying on camera saying he's like afraid for his life and he's not been treated fairly. Whether you like to think he has or hasn't been treated fairly, I think on this occasion, it's all on Diego and all on Josh Fabia. So I think it's a... Uh, a scary situation to say the least. I like uh, how do we move on from here without sounding like we don't give a shit? Well, I think I, I think we did say we give a shit by saying it's a scary situation and that we wish the best for Diego and hopefully he, he can get that man out of his life, you know. Yeah, well, the last year has been crazy for everyone, so it's gonna it's hard, it's hard. Whoever has mm. had mental health issues before all this lockdown stuff and like kept the level head, like there's you must be bulletproof. But uh, hopefully, Diego does. Suppose, I hope, I'm, I'm sure someone will reach out and help him. He's like he has a lot of like uh, a lot of fans and stuff. I'm sure someone's gonna try and do something or reach out and hope we'll we'll keep you posted because it's not gonna be rectified by us two here in Dublin talking absolute garbage, you know. Um, and Basmo, well, another another thing I want to get into was staying in that welterweight division. Kazmat is coming back in August. Um, obviously Neil Magny won there at the weekend, and I think that looks like the light he fight. He said August one seventy, September one eighty five, October one seventy, and November one eighty five. Are we going to see Kazmat fight four times in four months? I don't. I don't think four times, but like. Just, just get like sign the contract for the first one. I just want to see Kazma back in there, whether it be Magni or it's probably only Magni really that you can make a fight against, could it? Yeah, well, I suppose you could make an argument that he fights Kiesa, Vincente Luque. Um, I think Kiesa's booked through. in, isn't he? I, I, I think they were talking about doing him versus Usman, but I think that fight's not finalized. No, I don't want to now, uh, and I think uh, now that Leon Edwards versus Nate Diaz got moved to UFC 263, they're definitely not going to pull a third, a fourth five-rounder on that card. What about Colby? Um, yeah, Colby would be an interesting fight versus Kazmat as well. But I, don't I think feel like happen. they're saving, I say, I think, feel like they're saving Colby for Usman. 
Um, I think that's the fight that they're looking at doing. But yeah, I think that 170 pound division is looking very, very interesting. Obviously, Gilbert Burns is going to fight Wonderboy. Uh, Leon Edwards is going to fight Nate Diaz. Usman just knocked out Jorge Masvidal. So, and like the return of Kazma is, is big news. Um, yeah. I, I just want to, like you say, Basil, I just want to see him get in there. I want to see him mix it up. I want to see, has he improved? Uh, if that's even possible. If a striking um, could improve. Yeah, definitely. And I think he's the biggest threat to Kamara Usman in the 170-pound division, if I'm being honest. Um, if you look at his skill set, his power, his uh, physique, I think he matches up very well against Usman. And I think he could be the man to give Usman the most problems. I'd, I'd agree saying of, of people that haven't fought Usman. Oh, definitely, yeah. L- like, look, obviously, uh, you know, maybe Wonderboy could give Usman problems in a totally different manner with his striking. Who knows? Um, obviously, you know, Leon Edwards is going to be, always be a tough fight for him. Colby Covington's yeah. always going to be a tough fight for him. But I always try and look outside the guys Usman's beaten because I also think Usman gets better every fight as well. And, you know, your best chance of beating Kamara Usman was yesterday. That's the way I look at him. Who do you think will win, uh, Adesanya or Usman? Very sort of interesting fight. I do think Usman would win. I think he'd be able to get him down. Um, we actually saw the way Jan Blachowicz was able to get him down. Yeah. And I fancy Usman to get get that one, to be honest. But you always have that sort of big brother feel to it. And, you know what I mean? Can, can the little brother beat the big brother? And who knows? But I don't see that fight ever coming to fruition. It is why. They're both over around 33 as well. So, you know what you could see happening? You could see Usman beat Kazmat, but Kazmat beat Izzy. Oh, my God. Because I think Kazmat matches up very well against Izzy. I think he would 100% be able to implement a similar game plan to Jan Blachowicz. Yeah, like, Kazmat is the like it's the real deal. Like, you look at him, and, it, like, he's one of the scariest guys you've ever seen. Like, with, now that Ngannou's the heavyweight champion in the world, when he walked by us and that total eclipse happened in, in Times Square, like, you knew that guy was the baddest man on the planet. And then he eventually was, you know, if the, if the shoe fits, you know. Um, any Ross, the, the, you're obviously cracking cracking away some good um, UFC news. Is there anything else? Um, oh well, Nick Diaz is not going to fight Kazma. Do you think he should fight? And as we're on the welterweight division, do you think he should definitely fight Jorge Masvidal? Like if you're bringing Nick Diaz back and he's going to fight at 170, why not? The other sort of left field one that I, I'd be interested in seeing is what about Nick Diaz versus Dan Hardy and Dan Hardy to return? Oh, okay. Yeah. Again. Again. I think I'd like that. I think that's a great scrap. Like, why not? Two guys coming back off, off a long layoff. Um, two guys like to throw down. Two real martial artists. I'd be game ball for it. Yeah, or even like um, Carlos Condit's knocking around. Matt Brown's still there, I think. Yeah. I know they just fought each other. I, I, I like any one of those four. I think Nick Diaz needs a sort of a litmus test. I mean, we need to see where which Nick Diaz we're getting. Are we getting the strike force Nick Diaz that fought Paul Daly, or are we getting the Nick Nick Diaz that showed up against Anderson Anderson Silva? Because they're two totally different Nick Diazes. There's something about the UFC right now that's not really popping. I mean, like you know, what? they're always putting out good stuff. They're all, like, let's not get shit twisted, right? They're the best. They are the best. And the content they put out is the best. Everything about it is the best. It's just like, there's a couple of fights that haven't been made. I don't even know what they are, but it just really hasn't made me like go, oh, I can't wait for that. Can't wait for that. Like even the Jones Connor and Yeah, you, you waiting it'd be, for that one's made? It's probably, it's, you know what, it's actually a bit too, like it's almost so far away. Like it's hard to be like buzzing for something that could be September, October, you know? Like even you, McGregor you know what, seems too far away. You know what I think it is, right? I think for the first time in a very long time, you're unsure of a lot of the UFC champions. So put it this way. Aljamain Sterling is the bantamweight champion and he's out injured and he won the fight in a very, very strange fashion. Volkanovski is the featherweight <laughs> champion. Strange fashion. Okay, well, I'm just calling it as it is. Uh, Volkanovski is the featherweight champion and a lot of people think Max Holloway is, is, is better than him, which is very strange in itself. There is no lightweight champion at the moment. And people are sort of, you know, coming to the idea that, you know, the best 155 pounder not named Khabib Magomedov isn't in the title fight. Uh, you look at 170 and you have Usman and he's killing it. You go up to 185 
and you have Adesanya, but he lost his last fight, which sort of takes a bit of rub off him. And then you go up to 205 pounds, and you have Jan Blachowicz, absolute animal, but like 205 has looked less sexy now than it ever has in a very long time. He's going to fight Glover Teixeira for the title bet next. You know what I mean? That's that's almost looks like a retirement home. And we wanted and then, to see Yuri fight. Yeah, oh, definitely. And then you have Francis Ngannou, who's the heavyweight champion, but we're not getting the one fight that we're looking for, which is John Jones. So there is a lot of uh, sort of up in the airness. And then obviously in the women's side of things, you have Amanda Nunes and Shevchenko are both like just chopping off contenders one after the other, like there's no tomorrow. Yeah. So I think we're missing a big sexy fight. And I think that sort of happens from time to time. I just don't think so many divisions have been cut off in such a long time at the same time. That makes sense. So I think, you know, give it six months, let a few things play out and it'll be totally different. Yeah. I think that's why when I said to you last week, I was like, I'm not really looking forward to anything. Mm. It's just like, I think everyone's just going through a crossover into the summer now as well. I think, I think, I think that's, it's just seasonal. Like, you know what I mean? We could have a fight lined up looking forward to it, looking forward to doing a show and it, then it gets pulled. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, we were, like last week we were meant to do Dillashaw against Sadenhagen, pulled. You know what I mean? And then it's like, and also, Basmo, this is the first time in a very long time where Bellator put out a better show this weekend than UFC did. So, like, when you look at it that way, like, that's a that's a rare commodity, you know what I mean? Like, in the main event, you had Watterson versus uh, Rodriguez, and then over in Bellator, you had Archuleta versus Pettis. I mean, you also have Peter Queedy versus uh, uh, Pitbull, and, like, maybe for... An American fan that wasn't as big, but for Irish fans, that was a bigger card for us. Uh, you had MVP on the card, you have Stotts fighting on the card. You know, what I mean Bellator put on who's uh, yeah, Jay Taylor. as well. You know, what I mean, like it was the Bellator card from head to toe was better than the UFC card. You know what I mean? So I think when you look at it that way, um you're probably not looking at UFC in the same light as you might look next weekend after UFC two sixty two and this new lightweight champion. And there's a bit more buzz about it. Yeah, it, it you know like as you know yourself, teams can change. Like t- like mm. Tuesday is when the UFC make their go to the boardroom and make all the fights and stuff, and you never know. Like a Darren Till against someone could like blow things up again. Darren Till against Kazma or something. I don't know. I'm just throwing shit out there, but like you know the way one fight can change our mentality and be like, right, this is it. And like even you just brought up Peter Creedy there. He won over the he won over the weekend, and now he's definitely going to be fighting in Bellator Dublin. I think the o- October card is definitely going to happen. Yeah, but and then like James is probably going to fight in it as well. Um, I, mean, I know Leah's fighting on the fifteenth. I think she could be fighting on as well. Like I mean, I know they let some of the lads go. Like I know Will Fury's off the roster now as well. But I think that Bellator Dublin card is going to happen. Yeah, definitely. And like even if it doesn't happen this year, it's just good to see the Irish uh, winning. You know, Peter Creedy went unranked into that fight, and now he beat the number two contender for the lightweight belt. So who knows? Peter Creedy, uh, and there's a narrative there for him to get a title shot. I mean, if he fought uh, the other Pitbull brother who was the champ, I mean, he's already beaten his brother. So therefore, why not give Peter Creedy a title shot? Why not try and give him a title shot in Dublin? It would be huge. Um, you know it'd be a massive yeah. audience draw anyway. You know what I mean? You could definitely up the price of tickets if they're putting a world title fight on in Dublin. And oh, that's, no, not me. that's not me trying to get people to pay more to see, see it, but I'm just saying in general. Joe, you know I just I just feel like we're after studying or something for so long and now I'm just trying, I want to I do the test and like taste the fruits of the labor and go to the events and see it firsthand, you know? Like, uh, I just basically feel like I've been locked up for a year and I'm just, I'm, I'm looking forward to get out there and you know I, mean? I, I, do, I also do think that when you see so many fans at fights, you're like, boy, can't I be one of those guys at the fights? Well, that's uh, why we decided to do MMA empty. shows, Ross. You know what I mean? If we wanted to go to the Crochet Olympics, we would have given uh, your mate that <laughs> lost over the weekend. Billy Joe Saunders? Maurice Green. No, Maurice oh. Green. We would give him a shot. The Crochet Boss. <laughs> crochet Boss. <laughs> oh, man, I'm just, we're just going to get out there. I mean, mm. like, you know I mean, the sooner we get there, the sooner things can happen. Uh, you were touching on Bellator Ross there. Um, there, there is no, there is no Bellator this weekend. But like, obviously, it was back. It was they were they were back for three events in a row. Uh, the next one's going to be Bellator two fifty nine. That's going to be headlined by Cyborg against Smith for the second time. Um, Ireland's own Sinead Kavanagh said, I think she said that bitch took my uh, title shot, title shot, but <laughs> she called her something anyway. But um, Ross, like, just looking at it now, like Pet, uh, P- 
Pettis defeated Juan Archuleta, so he's a new champ. Um, then uh, Anthony Rumble Johnson won as well, so he's through to the next round. Uh, Peter Creedy, you said he defeated uh, Patricky Pitbull. Uh, Michael Venom Page won as well. That was just on the main card. But um, like looking at it now, we obviously had Michael Venom Page on the on the show last week, and then like when we did the show, like I was actually hanging out my arse. But like we said off air, Michael Venom Page must now be looking. He's thirty four now. He must be looking at what Michael Chandler is doing, and then how Chandler's fighting for the title this weekend, and be like, that could be me. Yeah, well, absolutely. Um, I think this narrative is slowly but surely going away that Michael Venom Page is not a can crusher. He is one of the most talented welterweights yeah. on the planet. And um, exciting. And exciting. Uh, he'd be in my top five pound-for-pound pound fighters who are just on pure excitement. He is must-see TV. Um, he is a skull crusher. Uh, there's no other ways about it. Like, Derek Anderson's nose was, like, caved in. It was, it was actually quite gruesome, to say the least. But he is yeah. so fast. You know what I mean? Like... That kick was so well disguised as well. And he's just so elusive. You know what I mean? Uh, and I think a lot of people look at the way he was finished by Lima in that title fight. And they don't look at the whole fight as a whole. You know, he was giving Lima some like big problems in that fight before you got knocked out. So I'd be very, very much so interested to see that rematch. And I'd love to see him in the UFC. And I'd love to see him fight some UFC guys. Why not? I think I he'd do very well against Neil Magny. I think he'd do very well against Jeff Neal. Um, yes, I sir. think he'd do very well against Chiesa. I think he'd do well against Wonderboy. Oh, that's the fight. I don't know if that's the fight. That's that's definitely the fight to make Dreamland. You know what I'm actually raging about? When we were in Cork, we should have got Wonderboy and MVP to do a face-off. You could have done that- it. <laughs> Yeah, but that that photo would have like, been like we. I would have been like, it's like you. <laughs> yeah, but that that fight could have been like epic. You know what I mean? Like I as in like, like that's like that's an absolute dream crossover fight. Yeah, but like um, we, we were we were rookies basically. We didn't know like, do you know what I mean? Like we didn't know what what we were really doing. Like like that's the thing. Like mm. every time you experience something one one the first time, you don't really know what you're doing. Then once you get it that done, then you're like, right, we know exactly what to do next time. That's why like. The next time we have opportunities to do stuff, I just can't wait to really take advantage yeah. of them, you know? Yes, yeah, it's, it's a bit like when we saw Ngani, we didn't ask for a photo. I was like, I yeah. want to ask him for a photo. <laughs> <laughs> also, his English was terrible when we met him. So, like, he, we, I don't know if he would have, like, understood what we were saying in oh, our fluent. Irish accents. Well, you could have spoke your fluent French. Yeah. Bonjour. <laughs> you don't want you to put that F in foundation uh, French twice and leave him, you know? Oh, stop. Uh, but, uh, man, do you think Peter Creed's getting his toilet shot? Yes or no? No. No, no. I, I I think he will. You know that. I'd I'd like him to do. It. I just I don't think that's. I don't think it's uh, really going to happen. They might actually do a rematch in Dublin. You know what? I think there's a higher chance of him getting a shot if it's if there's an Irish card announced. Yeah, that's why we have to touch wood because obviously James went off the card as well, and then. Uh... Oh, no, it's just going to be interesting to see what happens with Bellator. Ross here, look, um, we were obviously covering Brave as well. We had some of the lads on the show before Brave. They're going to Belarus, I think, on the 7th of June. There's actually no Irish fighters on the card, but we might have one so of the lads. Far. So, so far. So far. But we might have one of the lads who was actually, it does the desk for Brave. He's actually Irish as well. So um, so there'll always be someone Irish over there representing. Yeah, and then um, yeah, and for people that are fighting, like, t- make sure to look at Brave. I know people obviously want to fight for the UFC, and if you, you put your you put UFC up there at the top, and you just want to reach that goal. Um, but like, if you have a look at stuff for what Brave's doing, they're doing unreal things, and like, especially if you're one of the lighter weights, there's going to be fights for the fights for you there. And then Cage Warriors is obviously doing really well as well these days. So they just got a, a date announced in August over in San Diego, is it? California, yeah, I so, yeah. So, yeah, I think it's like the first of August. But um, and then obviously I just can't wait for to see Clan Wars or Cage mm-hmm. Legacy come back. I just can't wait for the messy stuff and then Gamma's meant to be coming back. As well. It's just like I can't wait to fucking like just go for it. Like you know what I mean? Um, yeah, uh, come here. Um, Cowboy lost by a stoppage uh, on, on the weekend against Morono. Um, obviously it actually was like a TKO on the feet. He didn't get dropped. Do you think Cowboy should retire now? To be honest, like. I don't. I don't even want to say he should or shouldn't. Like after the McGregor fight, that seemed like he was he was basically done. It did, like I mean, he's young kids. I was listening to Wayne in shout out Josh and John. Um, I was listening to them, but like I mean, when when you're like when you're like born to do this, and like you know how, how Maddie is into his action and stuff, where it be uh, 
jet skiing or kite surfing, kite surfing or <laughs> or fight. bull riding. Yeah, bull riding. Anything like how are you meant to stop someone that's an adrenaline seeker and like premiere you to never step into the UFC to tell someone they should retire? He could just go tell us to get fucked. But like, I mean, he's he gets brings eyes as well. So if he's making enough money and he seems and seems like it's worth it, then why not? But uh, Josh did mention that he should probably do a, a TV show or maybe a maybe a YouTube show on his own channel, uh, all about people going to his ranch and doing stuff there, like it, it almost like a Viva La Bam sort of thing or a Jackass sort of thing. Maybe that could probably be cool as well. Yeah, you know, I definitely think uh, he could go and do something with his ranch, his own TV show yeah. or his own series. It could be called like Extreme Sports, but. Cowboys are only. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maybe someone well, should bring that up to him. I, I do feel like he wants one more fight and I think he deserves one last fight uh, to sort of see out his career. And I think someone you mentioned earlier could be a last good final fight. What if he fought a 170 against Matt Brown? I think that could be a, a good winnable fight. I think he needs to fight someone who's also at the tail end of their career yeah. and looking to call it a day. I think putting him in against these guys who are on an upward trajectory is not fair to him at this stage. So I think something like that could be a good fight for him. Yeah. Headline, headline, headline of fight night. So, Ross, look, this weekend it is UFC 262. We didn't make the cut on the video, unfortunately, but um, it is being headlined by Michael Chandler against Charles Oliveira for the lightweight title. Um. Olivier has come literally out of nowhere for this title shot. People like I don't even think many people know who Olivier is, especially the casual. And then Chandler came from, as we said earlier, he came from Bellator, one fight against uh, Dan Hooker, knocked him out in the McGregor Poirier card, and now he's fighting for the title. The title was obviously uh, made vacant by Khabib. So Olivier is taking on Chandler this weekend on Saturday. I'm looking forward to this card. Like um, the co-main event was meant to be Nate Diaz against Leon Edwards. That fell off. I think that was one of the main reasons why we're not on this week's video. But uh, Ross, Charles Oliveira against Michael Chandler. Um, I'm after giving a bit of a background about Chandler, what he's done in Bellator, like coming to Bellator, one fight, fighting for the title. But here, give us a bit of a background on Charles Oliveira because he is fighting for the lightweight title now, but he did previously fight in the featherweight division. Yeah, well, Charles Oliveira holds the most submission wins in UFC history. Um, he is an absolute finisher. He is a phenom on the ground. Uh, a lot of people, when they talk about jiu-jitsu, they talk about Damian Moya, they talk about the Gracies, they talk about uh, Jack O'Ray Souza. Frank Mir. They talk about Frank Mir, Fabricio Verdum, the Noguera brothers. But no one has got more than Charles Oliveira, Du Bronx. So, how is he so like not known that well, though? I, I, think, <laughs> I, mean? I, I think it's because he has lost some fights at some key moments in his career. But he was the first fighter to main event behind closed doors. He went and he beat the brakes off Kevin Lee. And uh, Kevin Lee, I actually quite like Kevin Lee. I think he's quite entertaining, but he's a man full of excuses, if you're if you're going to be honest about it. I don't want to do um, And then he beat the brakes off Tony Ferguson. And he put together, I think, is an eight or nine fight win streak at this stage. Um, he yeah, I think so. Uh, you know what? There's probably seven finishes, if not probably close to eight finishes out of those. He is a finisher. He gets the job done. And yeah, he doesn't have the biggest name recognition, probably because his Eng- his English isn't the best. Um, he's not the best looking guy. He doesn't talk the most. He looks well with the blonde hair, though. I was like, he right, does look better be with his blonde gimmick. hair. Yeah, I, I think he's a uh, he's almost described as almost the Brazilian Tony Ferguson in a way. Um, but look, the more I think about this fight. The, the more I was leaning towards Michael Chandler, I just think he's shorter, he's got power, he can get on the inside, and he can land that big shot. But like when I watched the countdown, I was like, oh, I don't know now. Like, I was That's like, what I meant to do it. That's what I, I know, meant yeah. to do it. <laughs> I know, yeah. I was like, I was like, geez. It's very easy to forget uh, what you sort of almost will like pick, lean towards what you've seen most recently. And then um, Chandler's knocking out of Hooker was absolutely incredible. Um, and I suppose in terms of stature, Oliveira is sort of long and he is sort of gangly. Um, totally different fighting style to Hooker, but I suppose it will give Chandler the same opportunity to come up with you know the same sparring partners. Um, obviously, Michael Chandler's fighting out of Stanford in May. Um, that's home to... Um, well, it was home to Kamara Usman. Um, home to Gilbert Burns, like there's some absolute top world class talent in there. Um, when I saw Charles Oliveira was trained with uh, Diego Lima, I was like, no way. And then it was like totally different guy 
two I thought it was. He's fighting out of shoe box. Um, look, I think Oliver has really brought a strike into a new level. His jiu-jitsu is the best in the UFC, and I'm going to say that the very, very best, just because he holds the like most that. wins. Um, Gilbert Burns probably won't like that. Mackenzie uh, Dern probably won't like that. Damian Moyes. Better than Gilbert Burns. Well, he has more submission wins than him, doesn't he? What about your man who lost to uh, Fluffy? Oh, Rafael Varaldo or yes. whatever his name is. <laughs> um, no, I, I think in terms of MA, using their jiu-jitsu, half, or what's called Charles Oliveira is the best. And I'm going to say Charles Oliveira is going to win. I've talked myself into it, Basmo. Um, I think he is going to win via rear naked choke. I know Josh Thompson said it's impossible to choke um, Mike Chandler out, but this has been a strange year. And I'm going to say Charles Oliveira is going to get the sub win. Uh, okay, well, you're obviously wrong, Ross. You know what I mean? Because uh, it, I, it, like, I think of everyone right now, if they close their eyes and then they just sort of play the five forward, I think Chandler is just going to sort of push and then do the same thing you did against Hooker. I think, I think, um, I think Olivier is going to be afraid of the overhand right, and I think I, I don't. Obviously, he knocked out a hooker with the left, but I, th- I think it's just going to be a fast, a fast one. I don't think we're going to be doing five rounds here. Like the longer it goes on, I'm going to favor Olivier, obviously, but I think it's going to be done early. I think Chandler's in there to just knock him out. And the things I like Chandler, but like he's too like. If you like Captain Crunch, and strawberry milk chocolate ice. Then you like, but you know what? I, I think American, I think like. I, I think the wrestling promo he caught at the end of his uh, last fight was it seems so out of character from it doesn't seem yeah. like that's his natural thing. But uh, I have a lot of I have a lot of respect for uh, oh, Tanner. We know 100%. one thing I will say: don't be surprised to see Charles Oliveira implement that calf kick and uh, what's called get close to a stoppage that way. Because remember Brett Primus. Uh, implemented a calf kick against Michael Chandler and he was able to beat him so don't be surprised oh, yeah. to see that do you remember Chandler like he had the, the gimpy leg there yeah um, Sean O'Malley style right so if, let us know who you think is going to win I'm going Michael Chandler and then Ross going Charles Oliveira uh, Ross I, I just think if Chandler wins he then fights the winner of Poirier McGregor that's what that's what should happen mm. and I just think Chandler against either preferably McGregor Chandler versus McGregor Arnold versus America I think they're going to give that massive push and then like if Connor won that as well he'd be on top of the mountain again and then we all know when Connor's on top of the mountain things are just entertaining Ross you know what I mean like, we're here to be entertained you're not entertained we are here to be entertained well you don't have the Irish flag there behind you for nothing I know and the, if people if people are listening oh, yeah, I always have an orange mic and Ross has a green one uh, Ross, in the co-main event, Tony Ferguson's taking on Benil Dariush. Uh, Tony Ferguson, well, put it this way, if Chandler or Oliveira fall ill or something happens, one of these two lads is going to move up. Uh, Tony Ferguson, co-main event against Benil Dariush. Ross, Tony Ferguson, Charles uh, Charles Oliveira sort of showed Tony Ferguson's age in the last fight. But uh, what are you expecting from this one, Ferguson against Benil Dariush, the Iranian sensation? I really like Benil Dariush in this fight. I think it's his coming out party, I think it's his chance to uh, stake a claim that he is one of the elite 155 pounders in the world. We've seen it with him before. He can do it all. He can wrestle. He's, you know, he has spitting back fists in his arsenal. Uh, he's got great submission skills. I think Tony Ferguson at this stage of his career is too reckless of a fighter. And um, that's what we all love him for. But I think a bit like, see the way Justin Gage, he was a bit reckless. He honed in that recklessness and has only, reckless at the right time if that makes sense he's um when he fought tony ferguson he didn't have a battle of the crazies against him he fought a really smart fight what a fight that was um i don't think tony ferguson has in him to you know hone the craziness uh i think he's done a bit of boxing training with freddie roach so it'll be interesting to see if that comes into effect um but i suppose the reason why a lot of people like tony ferguson is you don't actually know what you're getting with him you don't know who's showing up to the fight. So it'll be very interesting, but I'm going to go in what I believe. It's very hard to snap a two-fight uh, losing streak, especially considering without being bad, there were quite one-sided losses uh, on Tony Ferguson's behalf. He's 37, 38 now. Uh, I fancy the young line in Benil Dariush. I'm going to go Tony Ferguson for this one, Ross, just because... Because I said Dariush. Well, I would have went Tony Ferguson anyway, but I just don't think Dariush is good enough to be the Tony Ferguson. I think Tony Ferguson's turned into a gatekeeper now. But let's see what happens. I, I, it's also because like, you don't want Tony Ferguson losing and then 
going down. You like him being around there as crazy as he is. Um, you want him sort of like just being around there, you know? No, that, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, Not that you were saying you don't want him around there, but no, oh no, no. Like, yeah. like I want to see him fight a few more times yeah. um before he hangs him up. Then, I uh, suppose Ross, go on. Yeah, then uh Jack Manson's taking on Edmund Shabazian in the middleweight division. We are actually trying to get Jack on this week. We've had him on before and uh like I'm pretty sure he's right. He actually shouted out one of our Ross edited a picture of me and Ross uh captioning a shark and uh Jack shouted it out. Fair play, Jack. Uh Ross, what do you expect from this? Obviously, we want Jack to lose, yeah. Absolutely not. <laughs> I, I think Jack Ramance is going to be able to take Evan Shabazian yeah. down. We saw Shabazian was fairly ineffective against Derek Brunson uh, on the ground. I think Jack Ramance is going to do the same thing, and I think he'll probably get a submission win. Um, I think one thing that does favor Shabazian is being a three round fight as opposed to a main event. If I'm not mistaken, was this not meant to main event something before? No. I'm not too sure, but I know Shabazian was fighting in the main event and you thought he was going to win. You thought it was his coming out party and he actually lost quite convincingly to... That was against Brunson, as far as... Warner. Yeah, against someone who was more experienced, that's it. Uh, Shabazian's striking coach is Ronda Rousey's striking coach, who's who's been slayed before. I think Jack's going to take him down. I think Jack is like a... Jack is a very big... That could be a very big problem for Adesanya if he got to go head-to-head. If, like, if he took him down... Adesanya needs to work at his, on his ground, like his ground game, just totally. So Jack needs a big win here. But yeah, like hopefully uh, hopefully yeah. we can go more into detail if or when he comes on this week. But you know that this game... Mm. Also, I think we forgot just when we're on the topic of fish. And shout out to Gregor Gillespie. Great win uh, at the weekend. I think he was my uh, star of the night. Yeah, that was a great fight. There's a just uh, put cardio for days. Uh, also, Ross, uh, Edson Barbosa is fighting Shane Burgos in the featherweight division. What do you expect from this? Because Barbosa has been up and down more times than a browser's knickers. Um, <laughs> I wasn't expecting to say that. I was, but, uh, I was trying not to laugh, but you laughed when I had to laugh. Uh, yeah, what's called definitely fireworks one way or the other. I think this one's going to be uh, played out in the feet and it's going to be finished on the feet. And I actually think this is very much a 50-50. And he who blinks first will be knocked out. He who blinks first blinks last. Uh, Ross in the prelims, Jack Ray Sousa is on the card as well. Um, Valentina's sister Antonio Shoshenko's taking on Andrea Lee as well and what's in the early prelims I think Mike um, Grundy's fighting yeah Grundy against Lando Venata that should be a bit of a scrap as well so the card is actually alright it's like let's not get things twisted it's not like the best ever uh, main event uh, sorry pay-per-view but um, when Diaz and Leon Edwards comes off a card it's going to diminish a lot that's also I can't, like, I can't wait to see that Edwards versus Nate Diaz um, Ross Obviously, the PFL came back. We, we were keeping an eye on it. It seemed out of the three nights they had, only one of them sort of went to plan. Um, but we should get into the boxing, Ross, obviously, because uh, we're just uh, winding things down. Um, I want to start off by saying Katie Taylor. We didn't mention her on the last show, MVP, but he would have been like, why are we talking about this? But uh, Katie Taylor got the win as well there. Not the weekend gone, the weekend before weekend that. Before, yeah. Um, people are talking about a rematch there Baz would you be interested in seeing the rematch because I wouldn't overly to be honest uh, I thought I thought the last two rounds Taylor sort of pulled away and I, I don't think I think if they fought again I think Taylor would win except it would be more one-sided I think it was a bit like um, it would be almost reminiscent of Fury versus Wilder that the longer it gets into the fight the more Taylor was finding her out I just like Katie, the way she's like literally lining them all up and beating them all. I want her to just keep going and keep beating people. Yeah, definitely. Because there's not much there, there can't be that much longer left. I think she's 34 now. Like, will she really be boxing at 37? I don't think so. So, yeah, let's let I, I think like let's have like three or four more fights and like call it a day. I think Amanda Serrano is definitely gonna be one of them. Yeah, I just love watching her fights. I love the build up. It doesn't even matter against who's fighting uh, Dylan White and no, it was uh, Chisora and Parker. Chisora and Parker, sorry. And then... Um, Which I actually thought Chisora won, but Parker got the nod. To be honest, I didn't. But like, in fairness, I wasn't actually like watching, watching. Yeah, I was, that's like, eating, I was eating food and I was like, I was like having a beer and I was like, I was like, I was like, geez, Chisora's doing all right. You know what I mean? Uh, like, uh, I'd already watched the main event. <laughs> so you only watched the highlights? <laughs> no, Instagram. no, I watched it live because I was there having the beer, but like, you know, I, I was like, you know, we came to watch Katie. We came to watch yeah. Katie. You know what I mean? Like, Put it this way, I, d- I didn't move when Katie Taylor was fighting, and we always <laughs> didn't like leave the screen. You know, I, mean? I was like on my phone, like making sure no one was like saying that they thought Jonas won the decision. Where do you think she's going to fight next, Ross? Because like, I, 
I want to see go to one of Katie's fights before she retires. She, she's going to fight in uh, Leeds next because she's a big Leeds fan. I think they're going to do a show on Ellen Road. And I think she's going to fight in that card. Okay. So like that'd be a bit of crack to go to if you get that. Definitely, yeah. Definitely, yeah. Uh, right, so we may as well talk about Canelo Alvarez defeated Billy Joe Saunders over the weekend, Ross. They had 70,000 people in. I know we mentioned it earlier, but let's talk about the fight. Um, going into it, what were you expecting? Because I was sort of like, that Billy Joe Saunders gypsy style, look at the way Tyson Fury, like, I mean, if if it's that much bred into you, you're going to be pretty good. I know he was 30 and 0, but he was he is fighting Canelo Alvarez. Like, Canelo Alvarez, my doppelganger is... What what would you how would you describe uh, Canelo Alvarez as like determination and graft and everything he's put into the sport and just how level headed he is like how how would you describe that? I, I think I'd almost describe him a bit as a sponge. I think anytime he fights someone, he actually like takes something from them. And like I'm not saying he takes a piece of their soul, even though he probably does that. But like I feel like he sees something that they do and like he learns that from them. And I think every time Canelo steps into the ring, he's going to be a better fighter than the fighter the last you last you saw. I was looking at him in the ring and just from a physical standpoint, I was like, his back is so big. He's only five foot seven. Yeah, I know. Yeah, and then uh, just in terms of the actual fight itself, look, Billy Joe Saunders did an absolutely fantastic job. Um, you know, he was landing his jab from the outside. He was getting in. He was getting out. Um, I actually think I had Canelo up five rounds three. Uh, going going into that or after the eighth round, but um, look, Canelo is the pound for pound king, and it's going to take something very spectacular to show me otherwise. Um, I know he's going to fight Caleb Plate next, whoever that is. Uh, he's one of the other champions at his weight class, but I think that's just a, uh, you know, keep me fit fight, and then uh, I think he's going to fight Andrade next, maybe or maybe a Jamal Charlo. Next, I'd be interested to see him against those guys, but like, I don't know who's who if there's a man out there who can beat him. Um, obviously, one thing that brought a lot of talk was the stoppage. Um, you know, Billy Joe Saunders had come out and made loads of comments, being like, you know, I'd rather go out with my uh shield, and you know, he basically called people pussies if they pull out of the fight. Um, I don't think they've had a broken orbital bone from Canelo. Um, yeah. Look, the thing is, yeah, that, that's the fight game, man. You have to say this shit, and if it comes back to bite you, it comes back to bite you, you know? Exactly, and at the end of the day, I didn't want to see Billy Joe Saunders go back out there with a broken orbital bone. I don't yeah. want to see him get seriously hurt, and, you know, his trainer called off the fight, and that was fun. People were like, yeah, but he didn't stand up. He wasn't, like, you know, begging to continue when his fight. trainer was like, no, he was done. Canelo was only going to win by further, so, like, there's no point competing further if you're getting going to get smashed further. Um, Look, you have to save them from themselves. Exactly. You know, 70,000 fans there screaming, Cinco de Mayo. You know yeah. what I mean? Like waving that big Mexican flag behind Canelo. Canelo's, Canelo's entrance was brilliant as well, man. Yeah, oh, he's he's a phenom. He really, he is really is. He's, uh, he's become one of the most must-see fighters in the world. Speaking of must-see fighters, Ross, before we finish everything, because I actually really forgot to bring it up, Mayweather. It's booked in now against Logan Paul, the fight that nobody wants to see. Obviously, we're going to be like looking at it further when as it comes closer because things are really. Yeah, we'll probably do a show with Noel. Yeah, but like the, the way like TikTokers are fighting YouTubers next as well. Jake Paul then stealing the light by saying, Got your hat and all this stuff. Nice hat, by the way, Bazon. The one that he robbed the Mayweather. No, your one. Oh, my own. My own. I, think it's, I think it's an Adidas one. But, uh, Ross, what, what do you make this now? Jake Paul's after stealing the limelight off his brother. People want to see Jake versus Mayweather more. Like, what's making this whole? Situation? I just think it's so staged, it's so yeah. WWE esque, it's so childish. Uh, I don't think it's good luck for Floyd Mayweather. Obviously, he's going to make a shit loads of money off it. Um, I can definitely see from a financial point of view, but like, I feel like he's tainting his legacy at this stage. But he doesn't, like, he doesn't care about it though. No, he doesn't. Yeah, and like. It's almost like he's taking Logan Paul seriously as an opponent in a, in a certain way in terms of like. The disrespect and like the shit that's being said, it's, it's almost like it as well, Ross. As well, it, like suppose his his wife or his what, what do they what do they call their his baby uh, mama? His baby mama, yeah. But I don't think it is his baby mama. It is is the the head the head woman. He excuse the term his head woman that he has because he has a, a load of them. He, he told her I think she's a prostitute or a stripper. I think stripper. Sorry, excuse me. And uh, he's like after getting her to move out of the house for in the build to the fight. 
so he is meant to be taken seriously and we all know he doesn't drink or smoke so like he's he's fit as fuck for a 44 year old well I wouldn't be surprised if he takes the actual fight seriously it's more when Logan Paul's talking shit to him like I think he's taking that seriously he's taking that to heart and at the end of the day you know he's going to get in the ring with him and be able to like make him pay for anything he said so uh, I do think it's a bit of a funny one so like I don't know I am looking forward to it and, and because like obviously if you're listening there you're, you're loyal but uh, some from Trailer UK actually followed us as well so we can't overly slate it I'm fair I'm not slating it like, I'm not slating it either I'm just like, lots of money's lots of money's going to be made you know what I mean it's like I'll, I'll call it what it is it's an absolute spectacle it's uh, yeah it's entertainment it's entertainment and I think you can't rate it as like professional boxing fight. If you're looking at it as boxing, then like you're looking at the wrong thing. And if if it upsets you, you probably need to look a little bit close to home as to like why this would actually upset you. Like if you if you're a boxing purist, well then you just be like, this isn't for you. You know what I mean? And that's fine. You know I mean? you don't have to watch it. You don't have to pay your pay per view euros or dollars or whatever for it. You can just skip it, and that's fine. Yeah, Ross, it's on June 6th. So it says Sunday, June 6th, so it's going to be June 5th, Saturday night. Um, okay, like, realistically, Mayweather's going to win. I know you're back in um, Logan Paul, but um, it's, it's going to be Jake versus Mayweather then after, and, like, exhibition. Like, Jake's just saying this course against people that, like, there is a record. Yeah, but I think Jake almost gets a free hit against Mayweather, because if he fights Mayweather and lose to Mayweather, well, he lost the best of all time, and he can continue on his boxing journey. So, like, he gets a free hit against Mayweather. So, like, that's the beauty about fighting the very, very best. It's like, oh, I lost to the very, very best. No one's ever beaten him. So, therefore, it's like almost like a free hit. And I don't know how many fights Jake Paul wants to do. Like, uh, I know he says he takes it very serious. I know he's been training for the last three years. But, like, surely he doesn't want to, like, it's not a smart idea that he fights more than five more times. Yeah. I think he's going to enjoy his summer and then carry around whatever belt thriller hand him or whatever. Mm. Yada, yada, yada. But I mean, there's gonna be he's gonna be calling out more people. It just he is so good at promoting a fight. Like he's just so good at it. whether you like him. Or, I'm, I'm, I'd say it's hard to like, but I mean, it, he's just so good at getting it out there. Going well, absolutely he's, viral. He's got he's got the large audience. He's the ultimate troll. So like, that's that's the combination that you get. I know. It's a uh, love him or hate him. Like I, I find it very impressive. Like. Imagine going up and just robbing someone's hat and then like that going viral. I mean, like out of all the things you can do in the world, that's what's ha- after happening. And here we have it. Jake Paul versus uh, Floyd Mayweather will probably Logan be next. <laughs> no, we'll probably <laughs> yeah, be next. People get them always mixed up. Sorry, man. Well, well you know, it's, it's so funny because you see so many people who are talking about it and, you know, they don't know the difference between the two of them. Yeah. And like they, they're constantly like, yeah, Jake Paul's 3-0 and he's going to Floyd, Floyd Mayweather the next. It's like, that's not who's fighting him. It's actually his brother who's oh one and one. Yeah, it's just so, crazy. Yeah, we thought we'd just bring it up. There is there is nothing to really put a final word in that because things are going to change every every week. Uh, Russell, I want to end the show by saying a couple of things, a few shout outs. Um, go for bud. First one is to the Talking Bollocks podcast lads. They put out an episode last week and uh, well, they've been killing it for what twenty one weeks. And then like that one, that show they just put out there about relapse for anyone who's like going through hard times or has problems with either drinking or smoking or doing drugs or just any, any sort of fucked up shit going on in your life and you want to listen to some real stuff about guys who've gone through stuff like that and then uh, are very open to talk about it as well which is crazy it reminded me a bit of Tyson Fury definitely check it out it's called the Talking Bollocks podcast because um, it was very very open and I was like like myself and Ross listened to a lot of shows and listened to like when people are on the come up we check out the stuff to see because you can tell what most people's fuel is like do they want to be cool do they want to be famous do they want to be this that and the other and you can just see these two lads they're not trying they're just trying to put out good content like and it's so evident but uh shout out to them uh and then shout out to absolute fucking scumbags they were jumping on the cars and kicking people uh i'll, I'll, I'll sorry I'll, I'll slow down a bit to the fucking scumbags who tr- first of all tripped up and spat at young women running towards the dart in du- in dublin Trip them on the mo- like trying to kick them and intimidate them and all is absolutely disgusting. Then they actually tripped up some some girl and she fell into the dart tracks, which was uh like every time I see it, I just actually with the darts at the platforms up. Every time I see it, I just I think it's a joke. And then the, the, later on, these same lads 
going to Malhoy Village and starts standing on top of a car while there's like a family inside. And then there's a little, you can, well, the driver ran off. I don't know what happened. They chased after him. Whoever was courting was a dope, did a shit job. But there, a little child got out of the car <laughs> holding a dog and was like so upset about everything. And I was like, what the fuck? Like, and they're like, I was just like, what is going on here? Like, so fuck them. And shout out to the Talking Bollocks podcast. And uh, sorry for putting you both in the same circle, but uh, that was just something I need to get off my chest. Yeah, Rob, so you gotta you gotta follow them lads of boy color, eh? <laughs> man, and uh, like I was looking at those lads and I was like, I actually wish they were 18, you could actually slap the head off. You can't actually slap the head off because they're under 18. And the, yeah, oh, they need an absolute hiding. Um, yeah, but also shout out to the talking bollocks lads, they are absolutely killing the game. Uh, yeah. they're like right at the top of the podcast charts in Ireland as well. Um, so they should be very, very proud of themselves. Um, really nice guys as well. Yeah. Uh, Terence and Calvin. So uh, big shout out to the lads. And um, yeah, Basmo, two two cool shout outs. Maybe we'll have to include the segment there where yeah. you have like maybe a hero of the week and a villain of the week. Yeah, actually, yeah. Uh, anyone else in Ireland that's doing the good shit? I'm sure people are always interested, you know? Uh, oh, actually, just want to say shout out to all the eight Irish players who made the Lions tour as well. Uh, I know we've done rugby shows in the past before, but uh, it was great to see them and uh, hard luck to a few other players like Johnny Sexton and Gary Ringrose who didn't make the cut. Is there anything else? I think that's fairly it, man. Um, if there is anything else, I'm sure we'll hopefully we'll do a show yeah. again with Jack Manson this week and we can bring it up then. Yeah. Dean Barry's meant to be fighting this week as well. So shout out Dean. That's going to be on Titan. I think it's Saturday. Uh, we are yeah. planning on bringing himself on, on Roddy on and uh, Jack Manson. They're the three people we're talking to about getting on this week. And um, put it this way, if they can't come on, we'll be back next week. We're back every Monday, Ross. And uh, just as we said earlier, we wanted to just let you know what we had sort of coming up, the face-offs, the events. And like, obviously, this is like an events-based show. So like the events have to be on for us to talk about them, you know. So if yeah. points fall off, we can't do them. But uh, at the end of the day, we like we do love doing this. Thanks, Mill, for ever tuning in. Been featured now on the UC twice. So that, that, that was, wasn't even a dream of mine because uh, I didn't even think that was possible. But uh, we're going to try and get on it a few more times. Uh, obviously, because Ross is so good at MMA, and I, I'm just so good at being sarcastic. Good, good but, at talking about MMA. Good, at, <laughs> good at looking hungover on camera and talking about and asking MMA questions. But <laughs> Ross, is there anything else to say to the loyal MMA fans or Energize fans that have been here to the very, very end? No, guys. If you have enjoyed this episode, thank you very much because uh, it was just me and Barry. And um, make sure to like, share, subscribe, and as always, stay, stay energized. energized. <laughs>